Kids and teens that have had a part in the service, Miss Bonnie and all of her work, Miss Jen with the teens. And I think that was one of the first songs that we sang once I became youth pastor here. I think it was maybe the second or third song. I saw you singing along, Jake. You might know it from all over the place, but I remember you singing it with us years ago. Uh, some good memories. Uh, I just want to encourage you. I hope you all can come downstairs for the fellowship hall. We won't be long. We'll probably intentionally keep the afterglow a little extra short. Again, I think temperatures are above freezing. I think the roads are fine, but I will be mindful of that. We'll, we'll try to get you all out of here pretty quickly. But if you get that, a chance to come downstairs and uh, spend a few minutes, we'll have just a simple, relaxed game fairly quick. We'll let the kids and teens do some moving and let you adults that want to be pretty still, still participate, but not have to move much. And we're also having one of my favorite youth group snacks of all time, known as a purple cow. Now, apparently, Brother Aaron Brown can tell you all about where purple cow used to come from and all sorts of stuff we were talking about there. I won't go into all that, but uh, we were first introduced to it in South Carolina, and it is uh, very brand-specific. I don't consider myself to be a brand snob in any way. I don't really care. Store brand is fine with me. But for this one thing, Breyer's Vanilla Old School Vanilla Bean Ice Cream and Welch's Concord Grape Juice. Pour that grape juice over that vanilla ice cream. And everyone who has tried it, I think, would agree it's better than they thought. A lot of people really like it. Some not so much, and you can have plain vanilla, but you got to at least try a bite or two, even if you have to get it to go. I know some of you are up early on Monday mornings, but I hope you'll try it. Uh, one of our good friends in South Carolina first introduced us to that, and uh, still fond mem memories of Brother Ray bringing dessert to our house that time. Yes. Anyway, uh, but I'll be honest. I look at these, these afterglows kind of like a family game night or a family dinner. Sometimes one age group or another prefers to do something else, but it's important as much as possible to have everyone there to contribute, to contribute to the conversation and the time together. So if you've got a few minutes and you can just come be a part of it, it's not necessarily for the teens or the kids or the adults. It's for all of us. And so if you can just, I, I love things where it's multi-generations, the whole church participating. It was, means something to me uh, to have like father and son or father and daughter or, or mom and daughter, mom and son participating together. Miss Kale, Kale singing with her mom playing the piano it was pretty cool just a few minutes ago. I enjoyed that. And I hope you can stay and just participate for a few minutes. Well, as I said tonight, I'm going to look at a message titled Sanctity of Life, simply because life has value. And that's the topic we'll be looking at today. Uh, I've always enjoyed getting to do anything I can to support ministries like Comfort Care. Uh, I've lived in different states, seen different pregnancy outreach ministries, and gotten to know those to an extent. Last I knew, one of my high school classmates' moms was the head of the one in uh, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, just to explain the picture, I didn't even tell my wife about this, but when you do Sanctity of Life slides, you're supposed to use cute kids, so I figured I'd use mine. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, that is our first family of four picture. That's either, I think that's the day Brooklyn was born. Uh, hours, yeah, within hours. Uh, I think we're in the hospital if you want to make out the background there. Um, yes, I needed a longer beard and possibly a haircut. I don't know. Um, Joel commented earlier that he thinks Miss Jen is the one that's changed the least in appearance out of uh, all of us. Well, Brooklyn turns seven tomorrow, so you can tell how long ago that picture was taken. But uh, we're certainly grateful for what the Lord has done for our family. But as we get into this topic of sanctity of life, will you let me do, lead you in, in just a really simple little riddle, I guess. Now, some of you have heard this. Some of you have heard it from me, even. It, 
participate, but don't give it away. If you know the, the answer, don't give it away. But I need you to participate out loud if you're willing, okay? Repeat after me. Silk, 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 silk. Silk, 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 silk. What do cows drink? Cows drink water, not milk. Some of you fell for that. Others of you have heard that. One of you might be the one who first told it to me. I don't know. But uh, cows drink water. They produce milk. But if you hear it almost wrong, all right, let's just have some fun. Raise your hand if you said milk. Ah, several of you. I'm sure I did the first time. I'm terrible at riddles at figuring them out. But anyway, that one's a lot of fun. But if we hear something that sounds reasonable enough times, no matter, even if it's wrong, our brains are trained to think the wrong thing. Well, when it comes to this issue of sanctity of life, we hear the wrong time after time after time after time. Some of it starts to, if we're not careful, sound reasonable. Kind of makes sense. I mean, the word choice is in the other one. Choices are good, but it's absolutely biblically wrong. And if we're not careful, it'll affect our thinking, even in some small ways. And man, we keep hearing life matters if. And I want to tell you that life matters because. Nothing can change these things. Life matters because God made us. Life matters because of the eternal hope Jesus offers to each of us. Life matters because of the amazing plan God has for each of us. And these things are true of every unborn baby and of you and me on our best day. And they're true of you and me on our worst day. When we're doing everything right and when we're doing everything wrong. When we've blown it big time again and everything seems wrong. I want to preach this message loud and clear to myself, first of all, for the days when I mess up or I'm discouraged, when I feel worthless and defeated, and for each of us when we go through struggles like that. It's so tempting with what we're bombarded with from the world and from ungodly sources. We'll often assign ourselves value, think our lives matter, our lives have value, if we look good enough or do well enough or accomplish enough. But as I, I like to describe it, there's nothing that could happen to you or me in a car accident that would ever make you or me any less valuable as a person. God forbid, but a car accident might change your plans forever or mine. It might take away our ability to accomplish this or that or to do the things that we think give us value now. But a car accident, anything like that, we could go on down through a bunch of tragedies, but that'd be depressing. But they cannot change how valuable we genuinely are to God and how valuable we just genuinely are as people. Our worth, our value is not based on our past. It's not based on our successes, our job promotions, our salary, our trophies. It's based on the fact that God made us in his image and he loves us infinitely. And that will never, ever, ever change. By the way, you might be wondering why there's a little extra fire. I have discouraging days too. And I've talked to so many people of so many different ages lately who are just discouraged and even struggling with depression. I think Pastor John might have mentioned uh, even this morning uh, and even in the music meeting that people are discouraged when they come to church. People are discouraged when they go to work on Monday, on Friday. People are discouraged on days off. There's a lot of need and some of it stems from a deep-seated question of, do I matter? Am I doing enough? You couple that with people who had the unfortunate upbringing of having to earn a parent's love. Now, all of a sudden, they're dealing with a lifelong battle. That, that's not my background. I have amazing parents. I hope I'm half the parent my parents are. Absolutely. But at the same time, there's so much of that. Or, or this happened, or that happened, or this was done to you, or you messed this up. 
We need to know God's truth. We need to stop hearing silk, silk, silk and saying cows produce milk or cows drink milk. And we need to hear the truth of God's word. Boy, we're burdened for unborn babies, and we should be. But we should also be burdened for kids, teens, and adults, made in God's image, but on their way to hell. We should be burdened for everyone struggling with questions like, does my life matter? And do I have a purpose? And I've messed up again. Does God still love me? We need to know what the Bible says, and it needs to be loud and clear in our own lives. I've heard it said that sometimes we need to preach ourselves a sermon every single morning to get the Bible's thoughts before we go out and end up having to combat the world's thoughts. Sanctity of life is a huge, beautiful issue with implications for all of us. Boy, I stand up here wanting each of us to continue to support comfort care, to continue to stand for biblical truth regarding the sanctity of life, to continue to vote for biblical values at every election. And I also stand up here burdened for each of us to realize what sanctity of life means for ourselves and for every single person we care about. Whether you've gone through a time of deep depression, maybe just a minor discouragement, or you've tried to help a friend or loved one with their struggles, each of us has times when we have to wrestle with the issues of the value of life. And the Bible has some amazing answers. Let's pray, and then we'll dig into Romans 5. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you that we didn't evolve. Thank you that you made us. Boy, you, you spoke the stars into existence you just in five words and recorded in the book of Genesis, but you took time to form Adam and Eve just to show us how special we are. You made us in your image, and you've given us purpose. You've given us hope. You've given us everything we'll talk about in Romans 5, but you died on the cross for us. We never have to doubt our worth. But we're flawed humans. We struggle. Stuff happens to us. People are mean to us. Job promotions don't come and demotions do come and all sorts of things. Things happen. Family struggles and sometimes everything we base our worth on comes crumbling down. And I pray that you remind us who we are in you and that even on our worst day, our worst year, our worst decade, we still have infinite value to you. You love us that much. May we leave here encouraged and ready to encourage some people around us as they struggle with this as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll look through the first several verses in, uh, in Romans chapter 5. But first of all, because life has value to God, we can have peace even when we're surrounded by unpeaceful circumstances. Eh, let's be honest, maybe some unpe- unpeaceful people. Nobody in this room has unpeaceful people in their lives, right? Everybody in your life is real nice, happy all the time, right? By the way, if you're going, yeah, you're probably the problem. If you think everyone around you is real peaceful, you're probably the one that's not. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But as we look into Romans 5, we won't go back to Romans 4. Awesome stuff in that passage as well. But after describing Abraham's faith-based salvation experience, Romans 5, 1 jumps in. Therefore, because Abraham was saved by faith, because we're all saved by faith if we're saved, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith, into the grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Peace. For a Christian, it is reality, not just a feeling. You don't have to raise hands. I'm definitely not trying to embarrass anybody, but just think about it for yourself. Maybe you've been saved. Maybe you're like me. You've been saved even for a while. Been saved for about 32 years. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I'm grateful for my relationship with Christ, but I'm getting older. Um, maybe you've been saved for a while. Do you always feel the peace that is really and truly yours? Peace is a reality for the Christian. 
We've been made right with God forever. It is our standing. But you always feel it. I don't. But we can remind ourselves that peace is a reality. Sometimes people try to make themselves peace, feel peaceful in the absence of peace. Man, uh, my heart goes out, my prayers to the Ukraine right now with the conflict therein. Sadly, the Ukraine could take a substance or something to help them feel peace right now. But they don't have peace right now. On the other, on the other hand, we can have peace, but not always feel at peace. And sometimes we almost have to convince our emotions of what's real. We've got to preach ourselves that sermon. Now, I'm not saying you got to go through all week just feeling peaceful and everything's great and the bills are piling up and this problem came up and that problem came up and this person's sick and that person's sick and problem, problem. But you're just feeling peace. But no, you might not feel peaceful, but you can cling to the fact that you have peace with God. Um, one pastor put it this way, six things that come with salvation, peace with God, standing in grace, hope of glory. We're on our way to glory in heaven. It makes us be able to hold on to a little more peace here on earth. Assurance of love, certainty of deliverance, it's guaranteed, and joy in God. And if you've never accepted Jesus' offer of salvation, please know that he loves you. He sees your true value better than anyone else ever could, and he genuinely wants a forever relationship with you. Boy, because life matters to God, because life has value to God, we can have peace, even surrounded by unpeaceful circumstances and people. Second, because life has value, we can be free to grow. Romans 5, verses 3 and 4 say, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Let's value the life God gave us, the life he has given to us, by constantly growing. And let's constantly help others grow. People are worth the investment. A lot of times at Sanctity of Life, on, on a Sunday like that, and ministries like Comfort Care, it's all about getting the baby born. And amen to that. Uh, I'm glad for the opportunity to contribute to that. Uh, I'm grateful for, for our daughters and the privilege of having adopted them. Absolutely. But wouldn't it be absurd to be excited about a newborn baby and then just... Watch them never learn anything, never invest in them at all. Maybe they physically grow because that's how God made them to be able to grow, but to never invest in them. And wouldn't it be weird in our own lives to not be interested in growing? Let's be willing to realize we have the freedom to grow, and a lot of times that growth comes through tribulations that work with patience and patience experience and experience hope. Let's constantly help ourselves and others to grow because people are worth the investment. You're worth the investment. I'm sure you've got some coworkers maybe that don't always feel worth it on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon, like they're worth the investment. I think I just saw at least one retired person smile. I get it. Anyway, but in parenting can feel sometimes, in parenting, helping your kids grow spiritually, grow maturity, can feel like two steps backward for every one step forward. But let's be willing to allow tribulations, even the difficulties we face, to grow us, and let's be willing to help others grow because they are worth the investment. We celebrate the start of life, but let's never abandon someone. Instead, help the young ones to grow. Discipleship is hugely important. We can grow in tribulations and grow through them because they work for our good. Tribulations, the difficulties, the problems, maybe even persecution, it's going to be there, but it doesn't have to stop us. 
Instead, it can be the very thing that drives us forward. We can glory in it, be excited about it, and let patience have her perfect work, as the book of James says. Tribulations may be present, but they can be survivable and even thrivable, if that's a word. We can thrive in them. I was reading Psalm 23, I believe, yesterday as part of my FBI homework. All of you in FBI understand that. And if you haven't read that yet, you, you need to by tomorrow night. Um, it's part of our, our homework there. But amazing Psalm. Let me read through the uh, first four verses just quickly to make a point. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. God, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Tribulation was there. Valley of the shadow of death was there. But tribulations are survivable and even thrivable. There's absolutely no tribulation, no circumstances, nothing we can do and nothing that can be done to us that can change our worth or our value. So we are free to grow. We are free to do more than just survive, even in those most difficult moments of life. As we grow, we can be free to do what's best, not always what's easiest. I've heard this, and it just makes sense to me. Apparently in Florida, this became a big political issue, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. But apparently expectant mothers that would come into a place like Comfort Care uh, are way less likely to have an abortion if they see an ultrasound. And I'm all for that, absolutely. And by the way, that's one of the biggest and first services Comfort Care provides. They, they provide a whole host of biblical counseling and advice and help and, and diapers if they need to, all sorts of stuff. But they want those mamas to see that baby. But the potential of that life with an ultrasound becomes real. Man, I hope we will each live here, uh, leave here tonight with a renewed vision of God's purpose for our lives. We, we look at an ultrasound and think what that baby can become. Let's realize what God can take us. Maybe we're a baby Christian, or maybe we're acting like it. I don't know. But uh, let's see what God can take us and make us into. See, God's purpose for our lives and the lives of every single person around us. May that get us out of bed in the morning, the potential God has for us and for everyone around us. May that motivate our service for the Lord and our witness to everyone we can share the gospel with. Boy, it's heartbreaking that pharmacies are apparently considering stocking abortion pills. I'm seeing that for CVS specifically. I don't know if they are considering it or not, but that's what I've seen. It must be on some level. Satan has a way of making the wrong choice seem right and the uh, wrong choice be as easy as possible. But let's be willing not to do what's easiest, but what's best. Sometimes that's going to look like tribulation. Experience. Anybody ever had any experience that uh, they don't want to go through again? Did some good. I'm glad it's done. I get it. Absolutely. To God, we're worth the trouble. Let's allow him to invest in us and to grow us even during tribulation. Let's seek to grow everybody we can. Because life matters, we can be free to grow. Next, because our lives have value, because they matter, God offers us a hope that won't let us down. Romans 5.5, 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed. Won't fail us. Won't let us down. You ever, by the way, just to make sure we're picturing that word right, you ever have some hope in a sports team and they let you down? I didn't watch any NFL today. Apparently, if you're a Bills fan, my heart goes out to you. Apparently, uh, they've done just uh, disappointed some people. I don't know. But, uh, man, you can be ashamed of a sports team. Ooh, you ever have any people let you down? I'm sure we all have. 
But this hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, hope in God won't ever leave us flat, won't ever make us defeated or ashamed, won't ever let us down, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It's Proverbs 13, 12, and there's some amazing words here. It said, hope deferred, hope that doesn't come, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I love that wording, tree of life. But we'll get to eat freely from in heaven as we live forever with God. We have a hope that can carry us through the worst days. The days when we feel worthless, we can hold to that hope that God has a future for us and God has a purpose for us now and our life has value now. Because our lives matter, God offers us a hope that will not let us down. Next, because life has value, because life matters, Jesus stood up for the helpless, and I hope we will too. Romans 5 verse 6 says, For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But Jesus died for us, just putting it in my own words, Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. There will be times when all of us can doubt if we are loved and even if we are lovable. Maybe sometimes the hardest life to see the value of isn't some unborn baby. You're like, man, I would, I would give financially. I would do anything I can to be a volunteer, comfort care, help anybody I can to see the value of that helpless, unborn baby. Absolutely. But do you see the value of your own life? Romans 5 offers us some amazing thoughts and reminders of the value of all life. Unborn life, children's, teens' lives, adults, other people's lives, and our own. And I want us all to remember, Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. At our worst, had nothing to offer him. So the value he has given us is based on things that nothing can take away. Next, we see that because life has value, Jesus permanently proved it, proved our worth on the cross. This is a great verse to come back to the next time you have one of those days. You ever have one of those days? <laughs> I've had some of those days. I'm sure you have as well. I see some heads nodding. Some of you are like, I'm not shaking my head no matter what. I don't answer questions in public, and I'm not doing it, and that's perfectly fine. Absolutely. If I ever ask you a question you don't want to answer, feel free not to. Uh, no more silk, 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 I promise. But uh, at the same time, some days we don't feel loved. We don't feel lovable. We don't feel worth it. And Romans 5.8 is just one of the clearest verses in all of the Bible that Jesus proved his worth for you and for me. While we were yet sinners, offered him nothing, still can't offer him anything he needs. He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants us. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth, he proved, he showed, commendeth his love toward us. And now in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We had nothing to offer him. He didn't die for us because we were worth it in and of ourselves. He died for us because we were worth it to him. And that's never going to change. I always love to hear different testimonies of salvation. And I got to be honest, some of my favorite are when the worst of sinners, humanly speaking, get saved. But they didn't deserve it. Neither do we. But how does God love them? Because he's that much better than we are. Their life had value. So does ours. And let's be honest, we're the worst of sinners as well. He chose us first, not the other way around. It's not a made-up identity. It's permanent. It's in the Bible on your worst day. Maybe you may just made the biggest mistake of your life, 
and it's hitting the fan in so many ways you can't even control all the chaos. You don't even know how it's going to work out yet. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if your family's going to fall apart. You don't know if you got a job tomorrow. You don't know this. You don't know that. You don't have any idea how it's going to work out. Remember that your worth to Jesus and to God has been proven forever on the cross, and nothing can ever take that away. All of a sudden, you can approach those situations with a little bit of hope, a little bit of no matter what, a little bit of God's got this, and I'm on my way to heaven. I can face tomorrow. I'm on my way to heaven forever. That'll work. I appreciate Comfort Care and other organizations like that, how they validate the value of life, that unborn baby's life, and the birth mom's life, and the dad's life. They, they do counsel fathers as well. They've won many young men, young women, to the Lord. They get to counsel them. I get emails uh, updating us. They, they don't tell me names, and I wouldn't want to know them, but I'm on, on Comfort Care's email list about people they counsel, and I get to read basic details, a paragraph uh, about what happened, got to see an ultrasound, things like that. Um, and it's a wonderful privilege. They, yes, stand up for that unborn baby's life, but also for that mom, also for that dad who has worth that they just need to realize. Man, facing a tough situation. I mean, some of these girls, their parents are about to kick them out. Some of these girls, I mean, they're going to lose jobs. I mean, they're up against it. It's hard. Their whole world is falling apart in so many ways, and they come to Comfort Care and other organizations, and they're able to see that no matter what the circumstances hold, no matter how difficult the next nine months or the next three years will be, that they can have a relationship with Jesus who loves them no matter what, who died for them at their worst and wants to see them at their best. And that's the same love he has for us. I recently heard Pastor Paul Chapel say this. I was listening to a sermon online. He says, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Now, I don't say that to guilt trip you to give more to comfort care. I don't know who gave what, and it's none of my business. But at the same time, I say that really as an encouraging reminder. Jesus proved his love for us by giving his life. <laughs> Anybody show their love at Christmas with a gift? I know I said y'all don't have to answer, but I hope somebody did. You know, like Christmas, you're supposed to give gifts, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think. Anyway, okay, I think we're there. Yeah, we, we show our love with a gift. Anybody go a little overboard? Anybody not looking? You don't have to answer this, but anybody not looking forward to that next credit card statement because they went a little overboard showing their love? Sorry, you can't top what Jesus did. He gave his very life on the cross because he loves us that much. He gave us everything. He bore our sin. He loved us so much he couldn't not give. Because life matters, Jesus permanently proved our worth on the cross, and that's never going to change. Because life has value, Jesus redeemed us into his family. He bought us back. That word redeemed means bought back. Let's look at Romans 5, starting in verse 9. And uh, it says, much more than being now justified by his blood. So justified, made right. Part of that word, you know, in part that word means just as if I'd never sinned. He doesn't look at us as the awful sinners we are. He looks at us and sees his blood, sees his son or his daughter. Back to the verse, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. 
Our worth depends on God, not on us. Our salvation depends on God, not on us. <laughs> I've heard it said that there's no room for bragging in heaven. <laughs> Look how I got here. Actually, I kind of disagree with that statement, though. Let's brag on Jesus. Let's brag on Jesus now. Let's brag on Jesus when we get to heaven. I need bad bragging. Bad bragging, brag on ourselves. Eh, maybe parents, we shouldn't brag on our kids too much, give them puffed heads. We can brag on Jesus, on what he did. Let's do that now. Let's do that then. No bragging room in heaven on ourselves. There shouldn't be any on earth either. It's by grace alone that we are saved, and also by grace alone that we can accomplish anything for God. In the song the teens sang, All I Have is Christ, one of my favorite lines is, The strength to follow your commands could never come from me. I can't serve God on my own. I'm not even good enough to serve God on my own. He saved me, but he has to enable me to do anything for him. You know, he's looking for people to be willing. You'll say, here I am, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And just be willing. He knows your value, and he knows what talents he's given you. He knows what spiritual gifts he's given you. He knows what you could accomplish for him and through him. And his plan's a whole lot better than anything we can come up with. And yet, how often do kids, teens, and I would say especially adults, go through every day, every week, trying to prove that we're worth enough, trying to convince ourselves that we matter enough, trying to convince mostly ourselves, and wrestling through that when God's like, no, 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 I've proven it forever. And we can depend on his grace, his strength, to do everything we need. As one pastor put it, it's almost like the headline when a person gets saved could be sinner pardoned, goes to live with the judge. That's how much he loves us. And he doesn't take us home right away, but I'm looking forward to that day. Now, maybe you're sitting there watching online, wherever you are, and you're struggling with the value of your own life right now. Maybe some days you wonder if you're making a difference. Maybe you don't really wonder if your life has value, but you wonder if you're making a difference. You're wondering if the work you do matters, if God or anyone else can possibly have a good opinion of you. When those thoughts come, remind yourself of how much Jesus paid for you. Those thoughts will come. Let's remind ourselves that our worth is not dependent on our answer to those thoughts or on proving something to God. He's proven it to us already. I read an amazing summary of this issue, of these questions, and I want to get into closing by reading that tonight. Sanctity of Life Sunday. Life, every life, is a miracle. No matter what you've been through, no matter what your parents have said about you or failed to say, you are God's miracle. I showed you one baby picture this pastor did, and you can look at what babies are like in the womb. Eventually, it's 75 trillion cells. Have you ever seen one cell, like a diagram even, or an image of one human cell? I've seen a, a diagram of it on the head of a needle. You have to zoom in that much. And that was a baby forming in the womb. You've heard people tell how a baby was a mistake. Maybe you were told that you were a mistake. Don't believe it. Maybe two adults made a mistake. Maybe two young kids thinking they were adults made a mistake. But the formation of a baby by God's hand inside the womb is never a mistake. It is never an accident. You are a miracle not a mistake. Every life is a miracle, not a mistake. And please know that that goes beyond birth. This is the first thing that we need to remember. We are miracles, not mistakes. No matter what your history is, and no matter what has happened to you, and no matter what kind of disabilities the world may label us with, 
We are never mistakes. We are all miracles. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes environments cause problems. But no matter what, every life is a miracle. And if you need one thing to, to say, okay, Kent, when I'm struggling with this, maybe it's right now, maybe it's next week, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's 2 a.m. coming up. What's the one thing I should think of first? There's a whole message, a whole Romans 5 to think about. Think about how much you meant and you still mean to Jesus, that he was willing to die on the cross for you. I think if we'll start every struggle there, it's going to help. I think if we'll start every discouragement there, we'll realize there is hope. We do have value. We do have meaning. Man, let's do all we can for Sanctity of Life throughout every year, not just on Sanctity of Life Sunday. But let's do it not just for the unborn. Let's do it for kids. Let's do it for teens. Let's do it for adults. Let's do it for ourselves, and let's do it for others. Right now, let's pray. Father God, thank you again for making us in your image. Thank you for redeeming us from eternity in hell and a life of sin, the, the chains and shackles of sin. Thank you for loving us enough to die on the cross. And it wasn't because we're worth it, so there's no way we can lose your love. I pray for anyone in here who has not accepted you as Savior, that they'll see their life values that much to you. You did that to have a relationship with them. You want that relationship. You want to spend time with them and have them as a son or daughter in your family. And may tonight, may even now, that person get saved. And then those of us as Christians, may we never forget our worth. May we brag on you, never get puffed up about what you've done for us. It's amazing for you. It's not anything to brag about. But may we remember that you have purpose and hope, even at our, at our worst. And maybe we're facing things that aren't our fault. We didn't mess up, didn't do anything wrong. But everything's kind of gone wrong. I pray that we'll remember that you give us value and worth that nothing can touch, nothing can take away. Thank you for that, God. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. We'll be down in the fellowship hall in just a couple minutes. Even at a few minutes early, that's not like me. Um, let's uh, go have a good time together and eat some purple cow. Thank you.